everybody, folks. Welcome back to Reading House Hostage. My name's Blue. I love to oh, I love to read. No, my name's Justin. <laughs> I hate reading. <laughs> you always start so aggressively. It's because you're a man. I'm ready to restart, or I have to bleep that out for the YouTube. What did I say? I said... <laughs> bleep it out. I said... <laughs> it's already not child-friendly content. Yeah. We're reading The Hunger Games for... No, you said it. All right. Pull, pull the curses in. We're going to keep going on the Hunger Games Catching Fire. Um, I believe this is part four, which is good. I think we only have one more part to this. So tell me what happened last time around. Oof. It's been some time. You edited it? I did edit it. Yeah. Um, hmm. I have no clue where we're at, dude. <laughs> Nothing at all? No clue. No thoughts? No thoughts. All right, let me pull up my last notes. Oh, something I wanted to do. So I did a new note-taking style for this round, this book. I took all of them in one document. Oh. Instead of separating them. So I want you to guess how many words I did. There are 27 chapters to the Hunger 27 Games. 27 chapters. Mm, let's say 2,700. 27... So, 2,700 words. Yes. You are so wrong, it's not even funny. Oh, yeah? I have 18,000 words. Okay. How? 2,700 words? I thought like 100 per. Per chapter? Yeah. That's so interesting how your brain works. Yeah? Yeah. If anybody gets closer, let me know. I just don't I don't know. I feel like it's definitely a lot, but I feel like it's a reasonable amount. Yeah. Yeah. Single spaced, by the way. My my full all notes document is twenty nine pages. Okay. Maybe thirty. Yeah, it ended at thirty, so anyways, as we were saying, where we were, close the document I needed. Cause this is twenty nineteen. Um Oh, yeah. So they got chosen for the quell, obviously. Mm -hmm. They are... um, They were on the train to the Capitol, and they just watched Haymitch's games. Mm. And we we remember how he lived. Yeah. And Katniss kind of ended a little happy because she's sure that her and Haymitch, two people who have caused so much unintentional shit for the Capitol, will be able to keep PETA alive. Yeah. So that's where we're at. And today we're going to start on chapter 15. So she's now in the Capitol. She's with her prep team. And all of them break into tears at least twice during this. And one of them, Octavia, is crying like the whole time. Yeah. Where they clearly have become attached to her. um, But also like in the Capitol way, they're losing their big ticket to all like social events. Mm -hmm. Like she's the reason they get in. No, I'm yeah. not supposed to move the chair that way, but I hate this chair sometimes. <laughs> um, she also realizes that these folks have never understood the the idea of being strong for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. So she has to console them, like, the whole time. And when Sinisto shows up, she's emotionally exhausted and upset, and she's like, I can't deal with that again. Sinna's like, it must have been rough. Mm-hmm. And she, he tells her... That, like, 
he's he won't cry because he ends up channeling his emotions into his work so they'll yeah. be okay and is that the dog mm-hmm. and and for the opening ceremonies Cinna has her like completely opposite from last year last year all she wore was like simple very simple makeup like in her little fire outfit but this year she's fucking covered in makeup like looks very old compared to what she looked last year and the outfit is like a simple black one and she's got a half crown on like the one she was given when she was when she won the games Mm -hmm. and her simple black jumper ends up turning into like red coal like flames as if she's like a glowing ember she admires herself and realizes that she's no longer katniss the girl on fire she's the deadly fire itself which is like so dramatic she's directed by Sina not to give the crowd any attention shina say it with me shina shina and after she gets dressed um she heads down to like the like area where the victors are getting ready and everything is way more friendly than it was last year you know considering they've all known each other for 50 plus years yeah with victors and mentors, everybody's really close. And she's like, oh my god, I hope no one notices me. But she does get noticed by Finnick O'Dare. He's crunching something her in her ear. And he's, might I add, very beautiful. And he's crunching sugar cubes in her ear. And he's like really flirty. And she acts friendly, but she's very uncomfortable with him being so very close to her since he's practically naked. And like I said, he is beautiful. Like, the guy who played him, I thought, was a very beautiful man, too. I can't remember what his name was. Oh, it's our favorite segment. Blue Google something in the middle of the show. (laughs) No. Um, Sam Claflin. 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 He's a stealth Brit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Gross. Really, honestly. Disgusting. Ew, and his kids are named Pip and Margaret. I kind of like Pip. I like Pip a lot. I kind of like Margaret, too, honestly. It's me, Pip. Pip, Pip. Okay, so he's just a handsome, beautiful man. I I think he looks pretty similar, but Finnick's just a tan guy with brown hair and um, green eyes. He's also the youngest person to ever win his games at 14. Um... He's so this is like his story. He's from District Four, so odds were obviously already in his favor as one of the careers. But he was just so handsome, even at fourteen. Like he was just a beautiful kid. Yeah. He got all the sponsors that year, which I want you to take this in what I'm saying, because in the book it's a little bit ignored. So he's so beautiful at fourteen. He gets everything. He gets food. He gets medical um, things, weapons, a gun. <laughs> Well, he gets the most expensive gift ever seen. He gets a trident, which is so funny to me um, because that's just, like, not something used now, but maybe it's, like, a big thing in District 4 back then. Yeah. But he ends up, ends up making nets to catch people and spearing them, and he wins. So, again, 14. He was so beautiful at 14, he got this much attention. Yeah. So Katniss is thinking, since he was a kid when he won, the Capitol couldn't do much with it, with him. But after he turned 16, he kind of turned into a plaything for the Capitol. Gross. So people of all kinds. So basically what Katniss is saying is that at 14, he won the youngest person ever. Mm-hmm. At 16, he became the youngest prostitute in the Capitol. Oof. 
forced prostitution too, which yeah. some prostitution is. Um, but yeah, he was basically forced into this, which is like gross. It just and it completely like just gets thrown to the wayside in the book and in the movie. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, like he sleeps with a lot of people in the capital, and then in book three, it's like yeah, I, I didn't really want to do that, and it's like yeah, great. Anyways. His little outfit is just a golden net, just only knitted around his groin. Nice. Much. So he's basically uh, naked. A net loincloth. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they do this weird flirty talk where she's obviously very hostile, because when isn't isn't she? And he's flirty, and he's like, "Oh, I haven't dealt with something um, with something as common as money in years." And she's like, "Well, then how do people pay for, pay for the pleasure of your company?" And he's like, "Secrets." He's like. He says, like, it seems like she probably doesn't have anything because most people tend to know her secrets before she even does. Yeah. Then he, like, skadoodles. But, oh, yeah, he sees PETA coming and heads out. And then her and Finnick, or her and PETA make fun of um, Finnick. PETA then wonders, like, would we have turned into something like that if only one of us had one? And she's like, you would have. <laughs> you have like a, a predisposition to pretty things and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, did Peter just wonder if he would turn out to be a forced sex, you know, prostitute? Sex worker is like the term nowadays for people, but mm-hmm. I would say this particular does need the negative connotation of prostitution. Yeah. So, anyway, they get in their chariots, turn on fire. Katniss remembers how last year she was prepared to kill Peta. But now she's willing to sacrifice herself so he survives. And they portray... Sorry for the dog noises in the background. Dog whale noises, I mean. Our puppies being fussy, but... They portray themselves to the crowd as the Starcrest lovers who have suffered and are now unforgiving of the capital. Which is like, okay. And lots of the tributes stare at them in their little outfits, especially the two from District 6 who are known morphling addicts. I know how much you love Morphling. Um. So basically, they're just heroin addicts. um, And they're just, like, fucking mesmerized by this fire suit. They're like, oh. Then, when this is done, they get ready to go to the training center. And she sees Hamish interacting with the tribute from District 11, whose name is Chaff. Mm. What? I just imagine their trainers being like, they have it. Kill them. They have it. Get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> they have your they have your morphling. <laughs> Early. Um But Chaff doesn't have an arm. And he okay, so he's from District Eleven. The woman from District Eleven, her name is Cedar, and she's like sixty plus. And she hugs Katniss, and as they hug, Katniss takes this chance to whisper, Are the families alive? And from District Eleven, Rue and Thresh's families. Mm-hmm. And she says, Yes, they are. That's, that's kind of a nice little tie up there they didn't like really do in the movie at all and surprising yeah very <laughs> but chaff kisses katniss right on the mouth <laughs> she's like what the fuck and they start getting pushed towards the elevators um before the elevators joanna mason um she's from district seven is dressed up as a tree and she's like my stylist is a fucking moron pretty much and she undresses and they end up on the same elevator her pita hamich and joanna and joanna's just like gabbing with pita about his paintings and then when pita when she leaves on the seventh floor 
Pita just breaks out laughing. And he's like, the reason they're all acting like this, like Finnick, Joanna, and uh, Chaff, is because of you. And she's like, what? And he's like, you're such a fucking prude. And she's like, no, you're all laughing at me. And he's like, no, we're just teasing you. Like, yeah. it's kind of a goof. Like, we're not, it's like, just a goof. But um, she doesn't see it that way. And as they enter the their floor, floor 12, Hamish's face drops. But Effie is really happy because um, she tells them this year they got a matched set of A-boxes. They have two red-headed A-boxes. One is the same girl as last year. The one that Katniss let die, pretty much. But this year, is the new peacekeeper is Darius from her district. The peacekeeper who tried to save Gale. Do you remember that at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the A-box now. Mm-hmm. And given to Katniss, which is like psychological. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one, might I just say. Chapter 16, Hamish grabs her wrist in case she's going to do something really dumb. But she's just completely speechless about, like, how... Thinking how he'll never talk again, and they're just both in different versions of pain and suffering right now. She heads to her old bedroom in the training center quietly, and it's... And she just chills until it's dinner time. And during dinner, at one point, she knocks some peas over the table and bends down to clean them up before anyone can tell her not to. And Darius and her just share a silent moment and hold hands before she has to go back up. And she just knows that this is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. she, she doesn't really give it as much thought as she did last year with the Avox, which I think with the Avox woman, which I think is more along the lines of she knows now she can't do anything. But yeah. before she was like, maybe I can't. It's like you can't at this point as an individual. Yeah. She's more helpless. Yeah, more kind of give it, given up completely. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to share this awfulness about Darius with Peta since he isn't a seam or a hob guy. Basically kind of coveting her, like, status, I guess, of yeah. that. Like, he just wouldn't understand what she did last year, too. Mm-hmm. They watched the recap. What? He wouldn't understand the issues with slavery? It's just so confusing. I just don't know. Yeah, you Peta, really... like, wouldn't get it. You have to really be in poverty to not understand the <laughs> yeah. horrors of slavery. And by poverty, we mean you're not making a billion dollars, at least here in the U.S. Yeah. If you're making over that, you probably are like, eh, it's not that bad. Oof. Yeah. They watch the recap of the opening ceremonies, and Katniss can't stop herself from thinking how grotesque some of the older... Cont- She's so fucking mean. You know how when you think and you see something and you think something's so fucking mean, and then you go back to yourself and you're like... Why the fuck did I just think that? That's so insensitive and crazy. Katniss does the first part. Yeah? That's it. Yeah. At least she doesn't, like, just fucking say it out loud. Yeah, I guess that's one extra good step. But she's like, these contestants look... Like, she literally uses the word grotesque. Because, you know, they've, they've had undiagnosed mental illness. They've killed people when they were children. And... You know, they've now just been killing themselves with drink or drugs or something, you know? Yeah. So, it's just sad to see them. And that night, Peta joins her in bed. Slut. This, the thing is, these are the children that killed the most children. Yeah, they're the most, most children-killing children. Yes. <laughs> Peta, sorry, Peta tries to join her in bed that night, but she's just too embarrassed with dairy. Too embarrassed? Too embarrassed 
with Darius there. And she's like, I don't even know how to give up Gale with Darius here as a reminder of that. Which yeah. I can see. She has a scary dream with President Snow's gross lips. I just wanted to put this in there because she has like a really heavy fixation on President Snow's nasty lips. Well, nasty boy. <laughs> Come kiss me on my hot mouth. <laughs> Ew, uh, <laughs> gross. Um, it's breakfast time, but she delays going downstairs because training this year is going to be different. Like, everyone already knows what everyone can do, but Hamish is angry and gets her downstairs. And he has this new gold bracelet with, well, bangle. What's the difference between a bangle and a bracelet? Do you have any idea? I think... Um, is one for boys and one for girls? I think a bangle doesn't touch you, like... Doesn't touch you or touch itself? Like, it's loose on your wrist. I... And it's hard. It's, it's really hard. really rock hard. Yeah. Okay, I get what you're saying. Um... I believe you. It's just like a circle instead of a full a rope. T- is it touching it itself? What do you mean? Like, is it touching itself? Yeah, it's a ring it's that a goes around your wrist, I think. Okay. Basically, he has that. Okay. <laughs> it's got a flame pattern on it, but she just thinks it looks like a shackle. Um, Hamish tells her that their job today is the huge pretend to be in love, make friends. She obviously doesn't like that, but Hamish points out that they're at a disadvantage, like a complete disadvantage here, because the competition has known each other for years, and they're going to target her and Peta as the outsiders first, so they have to make friends. Yeah. There is basically, who do I want to kill? The least. The most, or the, yeah, yeah, the least, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll leave those for the end. Yeah. Hopefully somebody will kill them before I kill them. Yeah. Hamish wants them basically to make their own career pack. He's like, look at Chaff and Cedar, maybe even Finnick. Basically just make friends so that you don't look like terrified children anymore. Um, last year, they were the last to arrive. So Effie this year um, like, kind of takes them early. But they are basically the only ones there. <laughs> uh, Brutus and Enobaria, which is a fucking sick ass name, might I just say. Enobaria. Yeah from district two are the only ones there and we learned that enobaria one year when she was in her games killed one tribute by ripping his throat out with her actual teeth cool and then as she you know became the victor she got her teeth cosmetically shaved into sharp points cool i'm kind of in love with her dude (laughs) (laughs) first of all sick ass name second of all Hot. get it ripping your throat out yeah. nothing's nothing's hotter than that yeah but she they're from district two so they're classic careers there's obviously poor attendance which makes katniss happy because that means she doesn't have to pretend to talk to people yeah and uh write an inter- introvert even better i guess um her and Peta split up and she heads to the knot tying station and vibes with that guy for like an hour before Finnick comes up around her and does like this finishes the you know, like a classic like around the arms, finish the move for her type thing. Is what I'm saying. The pottery sense. scene from yeah. Ghost. Or any golf scene from anything ever. Women don't know how to play golf. Or tie knots. Yes. So you have to surround them and make sure they know. Mm-hmm. So they can't escape too. Yes, that's important. <laughs> She then works with the fire fire team because she realizes she can start them, but usually not without matches. 
And she realizes that the District 3 tributes are at the same station with her, and she works with them. Both are kind of small folk with ashen skin and blackened hair. What do you think ashen skin means? Ashen skin. Depends on the ashes. Is it black? I think it's black. Ashen skin. Well, if we go back to the lore of God of War. Okay. The ashes of his family coats him and he becomes white. I do think it's kind of pale white. Is it pale white? I have no clue. I don't either. I don't really know. I'm getting a lot of varying. Um, I think it yeah. I'm looking at the Google white. results. Mostly it's, white. Yeah, mostly white, but but some black. Either way, um, they exist. That was me googling. And they have black hair. Wireless is one of them. She's about fifty. She's very quiet, and she seems to like have typical ADHD symptoms where she just like drops her sentences and loses track of people mm-hmm. very in her own head which is not an issue BD is definitely older than her but very chill they talk and she learns that like they both invent things Wireless is working on a stitching device and BD has created a music chip so tiny it can be hidden under a glitter flake which just think about that yeah like, we're close here in real life, but we're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. They talk in this strange code about the uprising, and she's basically like, did you in District 3 have any halts in production? And they're like, we did. Did District 12 have any halts in production? And she's like, we did not, but we're very small. You know, they're like, just talking mm. like that. So I'd be kind of like, what the fuck? Um, as they're talking, 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 Wires points out something in the air near the gamekeepers. There's this small square of space that kind of looks like a window, but it's like wire, like it's like folded. It's like vibrating a little bit. And they tell her that that's a force field. That's like a chink in the mechanics of it is that there's always like a little giveaway box. And she's like, oh, that's probably because of what I did last year. Um, she's like, when I, you know through my or shot, shot at them yeah and she, but she learns that all force fields have this chink in the armor which will come in handy oh foreshadowing foreshadowing um they go to lunch and they turn it into like a big event where like last year everybody only ate with their district partner but this year you know it's like they all kiss yeah they all kiss and vibe well actually i didn't mention it but during this um Katniss is like looking around at who she, when she's at the fire station she's like should I talk to these guys and she like looks around and she's like they're crazy they're crazy Joanna Mason is naked and oiling her breasts for wrestling they're crazy they're crazy and I'm like okay and then she goes yeah I think I'll stick to district three yeah <laughs> I'll just chill here for a minute so Pita talks and he's like who do you like and she's like the district three victors and Peter's like, really? They're kind of a joke. Like, Joanna calls them nuts and volts. And she gets mad at Peta, but Peta's like, are you just mad at me because I made fun of you the other night? Nuts and volts is a pretty good... I mean, the chick's name is already Wires. Yeah. It's basically volts, but... My name is Wires. <laughs> Literally, when I was typing the, the um, notes, it was like, you want what? I'm like, wires. And it was like, what? Wireless? Do you mean wires? Wireless? 5G's killing us all? That's true. Yeah. That is not true. 
Um, <laughs> let me just put that. Let me just make that clear. That That's is true. not fucking true. Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> um, at lunch, she gets to know Chaff and Cedar, and she realizes now that he's sober, he's not like a shit person. He's not terrible. And she spends time with each of the victors, but only really vibes with Mags, who can't speak well, but can make a decent fishbone or fish hook out of anything. She then goes to the archery range and kinda gets in kinda gets in her own head and just goes like ape shit. Mm-hmm. She hits everything, you know, it's going faster, and at the end, majority of the victors have like stopped to watch her. Mm-hmm. And at dinner, Hamish is like, you guys did it. Like, half the victors want to be allies. Um, And she's like, yeah, I want District 3 and Mags, the literal 80 plus year old. And he's like, of course you want those guys. He's like, why don't you take a couple days and think on it? (laughs) Because Hamish's job is to make sure she survives. She survives. She survives. And she's over here like, I want District 3, which they might be pretty useful. They're yeah. inventors. And then Mags, who is useful, but obviously not a high priority, considering she is more likely to pass early. Yeah. So, I'd, if I was saying which, I'd be like, motherfucker, dude. I don't know, a loud sound, she might have a heart attack. Honestly. I mean, she's strong as shit, don't get me wrong. And 80-year-olds can be strong, but you're literally putting her in a death chamber. Yeah. I would say anxiety literally might be Literally oldest dirt. Older than dirt, perhaps. (laughs) At least older than the arena dirt. We don't know how how old that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over the next few days, she gets to know everybody more and more, which is way upsetting because she's gonna have to kill them soon. And then when it's time for individual performances, neither of them know what to do. But it takes forever for her to go. She's last. Peter went first. It takes her forever to go in because something was going on, and like it took like forty extra minutes. And when she goes in, she decides she's going to show off her knot tying skills and trigger warning um suicide 988 is the national suicide hotline but she decides she's going to just practice her knot tying skills mm-hmm. and she ties a noose puts a mannequin in it and then puts a name on it Seneca Crane in the same color as the berry juice from last year nice so she's petty as shit and I'm kind of in in it on that um you get the connection for all that, right? Yeah. Okay. If he you, did. Yeah, if you don't, Seneca Crane was the old game maker who let Katniss and Peeta live, um, and President Snow killed him, hung him. That dead, dead. Yep. So she has this instant gratification because the game makers are terrified. Some drop glasses, some goes, <gasps> but then she gets dismissed, and even though she's happy about her actions, she's like, um, oh, we're at, well, that keep like my thought needs to be will that keep Peta alive and i'm not quite sure that did that yeah. will help um so she kind of loses that instant gratification which mm, is good putting a target on my back will that help Peta? Mm, let's think here for a minute which i think this is so interesting that they think Peta's just like a little baby that he can't do nothing he's just a little guy he's just a little guy but hey, speaking of a little guy <laughs> look at his ears He's asleep. Are you asleep? Are you sleep standing? Welcome to cat time. Our Bruno boy is asleep standing. He's awake now. He's awake now. Okay. Anyways, he's just a little guy, just like Bruno, except for he did kill people and he was part of the career pack in the first games. Um, at dinner, they discuss what they did and Peter says that he used the paints and the dyes and he painted a picture 
And Effie's like, oh, what was it? Was it a photo of Katniss? And Katniss is like, why would he Why would he fucking draw a picture of me? And Effie's like, to show the game makers how much he loves you. And he's like, no. I uh, painted a picture of Rue, but not like a regular picture of Rue, like how you how she looked after you covered her in flowers after she died. And Effie's like, he's like, I wanted to hold them accountable for killing that girl. Yeah. And Effie's like, oh, you can't think that way. It's forbidden. It'll only be more trouble on the two of you. And Effie's like, that you're right. Or Hamish is like, you're right, Effie. Like, that was a bad idea, um, PETA. And Katniss is like, cool. Is that, <laughs> PETA, why'd you do that? And she's like, is, is now a good time to Peta, say that that's I, crazy. <laughs> to say that I hung Seneca Crane. And Effie, like, clutches her pearls. And she's like, oh, how do you even know about that? Which makes me wonder what the inner workings of the Capitol are that Effie knows about it. Yeah. But she leaves dinner and Katniss and Peter joke that they might as well have planned this. And the, like, stylist Portia and Sinner are there and they're like, you did it? And they're like, no. <laughs> we just vibed. And then he's like, hey, you know, also, by the way, we don't want any allies in the arena. arena. And he was just like, you guys fucking suck. And he's like, you, you two suck. Um, oh, I would love a um, what's it called? Fanfic where Hamish goes into the arena instead of Peta. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Write it. With what time? Between knitting, crocheting, and Minecraft, I'm not sure I'll have the time. What about the podcast? Oh yeah, the podcast. The podcast actually does take up a lot of time. I did write eighteen thousand words for this. Um, you okay? Everybody, I need you to think of it the way I think of it. Blue decided to do book <laughs> reports for fun. I did. I like it. Yep. I like it. <laughs> Sina cheers her up a little bit um, before the numbers come out because remember they like produce the scores. And Katniss and Peta each pull a 12, which is the highest they can get. And it's his, it's like record breaking. And Hamish is pissed and he can't stand to look at either of them because the target is just getting bigger and bigger on their back. Yeah. Before bed, Peta and Katniss hug and he wonders why she did that. And she's like, remember last year? She's, she's like, I guess I wanted to show them that I was more than just a piece in their games. Peta and her go back to sleeping in the same room because they want to spend the rest of what they have together. And their training day with Effie and Hamish is canceled, so they have a picnic on the roof, and they just kind of have, like, a really good day, you know? The next day, they, again, are sleeping in the same bed at this point. Um, They're woken up by her prep team, and Octavia immediately has to leave because she breaks into tears after seeing them together. Like, it's just too sad for her. Yeah. And her prep team, not as talkative as they usually are, and eventually... Flavius also has to leave because he's crying too much. Flavor Flay has to leave? Yeah, Flavor Flay. And Venia is the only one left, and she doesn't even look at Katniss. But before she leaves, she goes, it has been an absolute privilege to make her look her best. And she realizes that they all know that this that she will be dying in these games. Cinna shows up saying her outfit will be one of her wedding dresses on orders from President Snow himself. And of course, it's just a pretty white dress and she puts it on. She's like, this is way heavy. Like, was it this heavy? And Sina's like, oh, I had to make some alterations. I made some chain mail in it. <laughs> He's like, also, don't put your arms up and only twirl when I let you twirl. And she's like, okay. 
And Peter's also dressed up. Also, don't hit the big red button. <laughs> Just also stop. <laughs> Peter's also, like, don't look to the left at all. <laughs> don't even. Just don't even perceive. <laughs> Actually, don't move. Anyways, Peter's dressed up in a wedding tux, and she's like, "Ah, oh, we should have just gotten married at home." But the other tributes stare at them in, um, like, kind of anger. And Finnick is like, "I can't believe you're wearing that." And she's like, "It's orders from President Snow. Like, I don't want yeah. to be." Like she says, she's like, "I don't want to." And some of the tributes become a little bit more sympathetic after that, and even. J- and then another one goes, high five. And she goes, oh no. My arms. I can't. How about elbow? An elbow bump. And they go, high ten. No. Joanna Mason tells her to make the president pay for it. And she's like, what does that even mean? They then start the interviews. And some of them, it's like, it's a doozy. People are like, is this even allowed? Like, blah, blah. Like, they're freaking out, pissed. And they're like, maybe they can. Stop the games, and Katniss is second to last. Maybe they can make the games whoever kisses the most. Who said that? Who who recommended that? Yeah, Chaff? Yeah, I agree with Chaff. Then Katniss is introduced, and the audience is already like a fucking wreck. But she's the star. She and Peter are the star of the show. Yeah. Her and Caesar Flickerman talk about how there's not going to be a wedding now. And basically, she tw- twirls in her gown and it turns into a mocking jay and the crowd is silent. Chapter 18. She can tell that the important folks in the capital and Caesar know that this like the mocking jay is not just the bird on her pin, it's a symbol of the rebellion and an act of rebellion as she's doing this. And Cinna takes a bow and Katniss is afraid for his life now because he he's really fucked shit up. Yeah. But then it's Peta's turn. And Peter kicks ass. Like, he is, he is awesome. He's like, I love Katniss so much. Like, Kat, do you think... He's like, Caesar, do you think our friends here can keep a secret? And he's like, yeah, of course. And he's like, we're already married. We got married before the quell, like, in our District 12 way. Like, not officially, but, like, they're married themselves, you know? Yeah. And Peter's like... Caesar's like, did you, did you do it before you knew about the quell? And he was like... No, but like I wish we hadn't. Like he's like, I, I'm. How could we have seen this coming? And Caesar's like, I bet you probably are glad you at least got those months together married. And Peter's like, not really because because of the baby. Oh, fucking Peter, man, that it's was a baby. Oh, perfect, fucking awesome bomb drop. Way better than the one Gail does. Yeah, it's a good joke. That's a good joke. Thanks, babe. And this is the perfect thing because even the people in the capital, they like take a minute. And the, even the people who are like so pro capital just like cannot allow this. Katniss is pregnant and the games could not go on and the crowd goes fucking feral. Yeah. Pete is crying and he reaches for her hand and eventually all the other victors are joining hands, even the careers, and everything has gone to chaos. Isn't it your career without a hand? Chaff doesn't have a hand. He's from District 11. Yeah, they, he doesn't have it in the movie and they grab his little nub. <laughs> can't say that. What do I say, say instead? That. What do I say instead? I don't know. They grab his... Stump. That's the same thing! <laughs> Anyways. It's not little nub. A whittle hand? <laughs> if you're an amputee. What's the correct terminology? I don't know. Um, 
when they get off the stage, Pete is like, is there anything I need to apologize for? Because last time he dropped a bomb like that, she pushed him into a vase and busted his hand open. But she's like, no, that was a pretty big leap to take without me knowing. But I think that was a good choice. Wait, I'm pregnant? Oh my <laughs> Pete, god. how'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> is that how babies are made? You just say it? My my head came in is that she's dumb as a bag of rocks. I kind of think she is. Um, That'd be so much more funny if she was just stumbling Peter through this. You, oh, wait, I don't want to do it. Oh, well, they're from Appalachia. I can do it. Yeah. Peter, how'd you do that? <laughs> Peter, there's a baby in me? How'd you put baby in there? All right. She takes a moment to think about how this is affecting her family, but she's also like, they know I'm dead soon. Like, they, they got to know something. She, they get back to the ho- hotel. They get back to the tribute center. <laughs> they get in. They get back to the bed and breakfast. Yeah, they get back yeah. to the Marriott. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Roof Inn. <laughs> and Hamish is like, it's fucking chaos out there. They've canceled the recap of the, um, I guess interviews, and people don't know. Did your phone just go off? No, I don't think so. Are you fucking serious right now? No, I don't. think On it my went off. the Catching Fire Hunger Games podcast, what is it? What's so important? The podcore wants us to know that we have four new sponsors, even though we don't use them. <laughs> even though we don't use them and we don't have sponsors. Please sponsor us. Please sponsor us. We just hit 500. We'll give you listens. a little kiss. We won't do that. Maybe Justin will, but I won't. If you want one. No. Um, PETA is wondering if they're asking to cancel the games. And Hamish is like, I'm sure they are. But you guys know that the president won't cancel them, right? He's like, yeah. But Effie was ordered to go home, and they realize they're never going to be able to say goodbye to her. And they're like, Hamish, do something special for her. Like, make it special. You know how Effie is. And Hamish's last bit of words to them are to stay alive and go to bed. And as they leave, Hamish is like, "Um, Katniss, just one more thing. He's like, when you're in the arena, remember who the real enemy is. Greg. You know the... You know the one... uh champion greg danny's greg no just the champion no just the champion in the hunger games greg yeah as if they would have a normal name named greg hi i'm tom i won (laughs) this what 70th hunger games they had a character named thom that's not tom close enough katniss won't give Peter like a minute alone because she's worried that if the doors lock behind them then they're gonna get separated Mm -hmm. which i get that anxiety um, they sleep as best they can, but eventually Portia and Senna arrive to dress them. They follow the same pattern as last year, getting into the hovercraft, getting the tracker injected into her, launching, and then getting into the arena room and Senna braiding her hair. Why would they take that out, though? Take the tracker out? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I suppose they didn't expect this to happen again. I know, but they want to know where those people are. They already do, probably. The yeah. tracker's just for the for the arena. Okay. I'm sure they know exactly where they are at all times, <laughs> except for Katniss, who sneaks off into the woods. That's what I'm saying. If they had a tracker on her. <coughs> yeah, but I think she'd notice if there was a huge lump in her arm. She would have She would have dug it out, crazy bitch. And what, get her family killed? Yeah, probably. She's having a break. She's starting the breakdown soon. I like her breakdown. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sinna guesses that based on the outfit, there's water in the arena. And he has her Mockingjay pin for her because homegirl never fucking remembers her Mockingjay pin. Oh my goodness. She gets in the tube and Sinna lets her know that he's still betting on her. And as she gets locked into the tube, three peacekeepers show up and just fucking beat the shit out of Sinna. Nice. Absolutely destroy him and pull him out of the room. And she's shocked but has absolutely no time to process it because the tube starts pushing her into the arena. And all she can see is lots of water in every direction. And all she can think is that this is no place for the girl on fire. (laughs) They said, up you go. Upsy kisses. No, I'm doing Cats, the musical Cats. No, I don't like the musical Cats. Because it's bad. That's wrong. Mm, I think it's right. I'm going to do a um, bonus episode on Cats, the musical, when we get a Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Not that anyone would... Find someone else for that episode, baby. (laughs) Part three, The Enemy, chapter 19. Um... Claudius Templesmith says, let the 75th Hunger Games begin, and she has less than a minute to get her bearings. But obviously all she can think about is how Sin is obviously being tortured or, or he's dead already. Yeah. And how this is clearly a way to unhinge her before the games. And it worked. Yeah. But she decides that her refusal to play the games on the Capitol's terms will be her last act of rebellion, and she has to, like, start figuring shit out. So she realizes, you know, lots of water, hot sun... The cornucopia is about 40 yards away on an island, and the arena, if you've seen the movie, that's pretty accurate to what it looks like, but the cornucopia is gold, but it's like a wheel with the arena in the middle, and little, like, spokes going, so 12 different spokes going to it, and between each spoke is two tributes. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, so tribute, tribute, spoke. Mm-hmm. Tribute, 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 tribute spoke. spoke. And then all the tribute, way around. Tribute, spoke. You done? Tribute, tribute, spoke. <laughs> so yeah, so it's like that. And um, on one side of her, or well, on the side of her in her spoke, she has a guy named Woof. Woof. <laughs> I was worried I'd trigger the dog. <laughs> from District 8. And she can't see PETA, which means he's probably across the cornucopia from her. She manages to smell the um, water, or she tastes it, actually. She bends down and tastes it, and it's salt water. So she realizes the only way to the cornucopia. So she's about 20 yards from the spoke. So Mm -hmm. each of them are about 20 yards from the spoke, 40 yards from the cornucopia. Mm -hmm. I don't know what yards is. I mean, I do, but I don't get it. And It's half the distance to get on the spoke than it is to go to the cornucopia. Yeah. So the only way to get there is by swimming. Like, you can't just go And if you get on a spoke, there's a likelihood that the other person on the other side of the spoke spoke, is going to go, too. So it's the perfect way to introduce immediate bloodshed. Yeah. Um, But we have to remember that not everybody has the um, ability to swim. Mm -hmm. So District 4 is at an obvious advantage here. PETA's not. PETA doesn't know how to swim. Katniss is because she, her father taught her how to swim, but that's it. If she was a regular girl from District 12, she would not know how to swim, and yeah. she'd be fucked. So, but, so but, but she is. And she doesn't hesitate to dive in the water as soon as the gong hits. And she I gets won't hesitate, bitch. I won't hesitate, bitch. And she gets on the spike very quickly and starts running towards the cornucopia. And unlike last year, where things were like kind of 
in waves out from the cornucopia. It's sitting in one fucking big pile in front of the mouth of the cornucopia, and it's just weapons. So she manages to get a bow and a set of arrows, and then the next thing she knows is Finnick is next to her, and he's like, how the fuck can you swim? And he's like, oh, well, and, like, they have weapons trained on each other, and he's like, it's okay because we're allies, and he shows her the solid gold bangle that Hamish had. The tiger? Rawr. Didn't like that. Rawr. I didn't like that again. They're in the jungle this time, so yeah, rawr. Oh, no. So this angers her because she's a bitch um, that Hamish did this without telling her, which I would be pretty peeved too, honestly. Yeah. But they start working together and Hamish kills the man from District 5. He showed up next. The thing is, though, that Katniss would, if, if they told Katniss beforehand... She'd be like, she'd come out of the tube and be like, hey, Finn! Yeah, hey, Finnick! Hey, bud! Plus, she doesn't like Finnick, but obviously Finnick is her best choice. Yeah. So, um, he tells her after killing that man not to trust District 1 and 2. They take their picking... What? <laughs> well, he's a career. Yeah. Twi- this is, he's a twice career now. Yeah. And he tells her, like, they take their pickings from the cornucopia because they're the first people there, and by the time they're done... Other people are just starting to reach the land. But like I said, it's only weapons. There's no food. There's no water. There's no tents or anything. It's just weapons. So they only got there first because they know how to swim. The rest are doggy doggy paddling to to the spokes spokes and then running. Yeah. So they have to go because the careers are on them. Oh, wait. Sorry. She grabs a bunch of weapons and then Brutus. She grabs something called an... It's like an owl or something. A W something. An all. Yeah, an all. Um, an axe, a small, small knife, and a big knife. All I know an all from is from leatherworking. It's just like a really, really thick needle. Yeah, that'll be important. Okay. Um, ironically, not ironically, but uh, Brutus is what? <laughs> ironically, but not at well, all. We use the word ironically wrong all the time, but who gives a shit? Um, Brutus is there barreling towards her, using his belt like a weapon, like he's holding it up. Um, but she doesn't end up killing him. He falls into the water, and they have to go because the other careers... <laughs> and then the lifeguard blows his whistle and jumps in. You're done! You're done! Time! The other careers are on them, so these are the names of the careers. Gloss and Cashmere, who are the brother and sisters from District 1. That were one after each other. Mm-hmm, back to back. And Abaria, who I love. And Brutus. And it's funny because it's like these badasses and then it's Fiddick who's like the most beautiful, poor, prostituted boy. And then yeah. it's fucking Mags who's like a thousand. Yeah. So their careers did not <laughs> no. not show up for this one. Really. I mean, I'm sure they had a huge pool of victors. In, in the movie, it made it look like there was... Just the three of them. Just the because, three. Because there's yeah, Andy yeah. Cresta. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it must have been bigger than that because they are careers. Yeah. So... It just seems like... So, they're in the water now. They are, like, on one of the spokes. Everybody's going towards the cornucopia. And they have to go get Peta, who is not not doing good. And Finnick offers to get him, but she's like, oh my god, he's gonna kill him. But Finnick's like, in your condition, you probably shouldn't exert herself yourself. And, like, touches her belly. She's like, oh, I'm supposed to be pregnant. I forgot about that. <laughs> Then Finnick is underwater, um, and Mags is coming towards them, but the other tributes seem to be very preoccupied. Mags is slowly walking towards them. 
<laughs> but on the water, she is Jesus. <laughs> um, Finnick brings Peter around, and they're all talking about how great it is that Hamish did this alliance. Mags mentions that the belts are flotation devices to keep folks from drowning. So, well, she doesn't mention it. She, like, makes some sounds, and Finnick gets what she's saying. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> yeah. Um, they keep, they head away from the cornucopia, because the spokes go right onto a beach. And there's jungle at the edge of the beach. And Katniss is like, I obviously don't know for a fact that this is jungle, but I'm familiar with the word and the idea from maybe a different game or a book or something. Yeah, the concept of jungle. So they start moving forward in a line with Peta in front, hitting vines out of the way with his long knife. Finnick has mags on his back and Katniss takes up the rear. Can we talk about the debate? Hmm. When does long knife become sword? I feel like somebody answered that. It's like a certain amount of inches. Probably like two or three, because you really don't need more than yeah, two yeah, or three yeah. inches. After Maybe. two or three, it's really I mean, like a sword. Like yeah, that's like, like a long sword, yeah, really. You, I mean, two-handed even. Yeah. <laughs> you need two hands for that bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will note that Finnick has to be in fucking beautiful shape, because he has Max on his back, and it only takes, like, it takes him up, like, let me repeat he has mags on his back and he only whines after like an hour, after a mile to rest. It was what I'm saying making any He's sense. He's running with a woman on his back. Well, more like hiking, but yes. Okay. And but speed hiking. Speed hiking. And it seems more like he asked to rest because of him, her instead of him. They keep climbing. And at one point she ends up climbing to a very top, very tall tree to look at the cornucopia, which is covered in blood. The water is purple and she can see multiple bodies floating in the sea. This makes her realize that she only has one friend and he's not from District 4. It's not Finnick. She decides she she should just go down there and kill Finnick now because he's too dangerous. He's obviously like, I mean, he's one of the younger tributes. Like, he is calculating and murderous. Does he have a weapon? He does. He has three tridents. Three tridents. Okay. So he's carrying three tridents and mags. Yes. Those That cannot be easy. Like, that's at least 120 pounds. Yes. Um, when she gets on the ground, Finnick is clearly following the same wavelength at her because he's holding one of his weapons. And he's like, oh, was everybody very nonviolent? Kind of making fun of, like, her. Like, he knows the way she thinks, like, thinking that, like, she would have been like, but we held hands last night. Yeah. Finnick is like, one of us is leaving this arena. Yeah. You're in an arena with, what, 24 murderers. Murder. Everybody here is a murderer. Yeah. Maybe not PETA, like he committed murder, but not on purpose. Yeah. But everybody here has committed a murder. Yeah. Most of them are what I would consider dangerous criminal murderers. Yeah. Turned into that, no less. Um, he basically says that the past is the past and not one person in the arena was a victor by chance. And then he goes, except for maybe PETA, <laughs> which makes her realize that Finnick does know that PETA's better than the rest of them, like we were yeah. just saying. And they stare at each other very calculatingly, but Peta steps in and breaks them up. I don't think being forced to murder makes you a worse person. It does make you different. It definitely changes your psyche. Yeah. Not for the better, not for the worse. Yeah. Um, just really depends on the situation. I think in this um, situation, if you're not a career, it changes you for the worse. Yeah. At least majority of them. I think it changed the careers for the worse, too. Changes them for the worst in our perspective, but not in their perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not for their society. Yeah. But 
society. They need to find water before the others come hunting them. And that's when Katniss realizes, like, oh, we should probably stick as a group because people are going to come hunting us and my job is to keep Peta alive. Yeah, she basically soloed the last one, so. And, I mean, she did great, but she's got to keep this bumbling idiot in her perspective alive. Yeah. Speaking of bumbling idiot. They walk for a while, hoping to find something on the other side of this hill, when Katniss sees something that nobody else sees. She sees a little ripple in the corner. And it's too late to for her to connect it, that it's a force field, when Peta's knife hits it, throwing him backwards. He's motionless. She's freaking out, screaming his name, and she listens to hear his heart, but there's nothing. Nice. Zap him again! <laughs> Hit him again! Chapter 20, she flips out. She's slapping him, screaming at him. And Finnick, like, pushes Mags against a tree, pushes Katniss out of the way, and starts doing CPR. But she thinks he's trying to keep Peta dead somehow. She's never... Okay, She she's hysterical right now. Yeah. In an arena where everybody's trying to murder her. Yeah. So she rushes Finnick, but he punches her in the chest so hard that she falls back. And when she pulls... um. Her arrow, she recognizes it as CPR, Uh finally. Um, She's like, her mom has only ever done it once or twice because if your heart stops, you don't really get a time to call the doctor back in in the olden days and in this future. Yeah. So she can tell that Finnick has done CPR before. And all she can hope is that when PETA gives a cough... All she can do is hope, and Peta gives a cough, and Finnick moves out of the way. So my theory, like, Finnick has probably done CPR before because drowning, mm-hmm. you know, that I can see a more realistic. It's more important for his, yeah, um, his district people to here. know. Yeah. So Peta jokes, and he's like, hey, careful, there's a forest field up ahead. And she fucking hysterically sobs. Like, hysterically. Yeah. About how his heart stops, and he's like, "It's okay, like I'm alive." And Finnick is like, "Oh, you, you." Well, he's like, "You must be emotional from the hormones from the baby." Mm. So twice now, Finnick has done this. He's just for like her. baby, baby, baby. Literally, he's obsessed with her. She's mad because now she's never gonna stop owing Finnick for saving his life, saving Peta's life. Yeah, dumbo, just stay alive. <laughs> just idiot, and. Finnick gives them like a very weird look like he's trying to figure something out but eventually she's just like let's move on or he's like let's just move on and she sees a chain around Peta's neck and it's a necklace with the Mockingjay on it so his his um thing Katniss realizes that since the morning she has watched Cinna get beaten to a pulp landed in another arena and watched Peta watched Peta die and she's like I'm kind of glad Finnick keeps playing the pregnancy card yeah. for me, which, like, I would be too. She takes lead this time since Finnick kind of put two and two together that she realized there was a force field there. She lies and she's like, can you hear it? You can hear it, right? She's like, oh, that's crazy. It's only out of the ear they reconstructed last year. Because she doesn't kind of want to give away the... Um, the secret. Yeah, like, in case the capital didn't know there was this chink in the armor. Mm-hmm. So they walk for a while, and she passes time by throwing, like, these random acorn nut-looking things at the force field, which does cook them, and but they're too scared to eat them until Max just pops one in her mouth. Hungry. She a hungry girl. And they're like, Max, spit that out. She's like, hee <laughs> <laughs> I ate it. 
And they're like, well, I guess we'll see if it's poison. Yeah. And, you know, it takes her about an hour. She doesn't die. So they spend some time, you know, wondering what's going on. And, you know, it is what it is. She pops another one. They, they end up eating all the nuts. But Katniss wonders what's going on with Finnick. Why, why did he bring Peta back from the dead? Why is he our ally and all that? But she doesn't really take too much, like... She doesn't have time to really think these deep thoughts. Yeah. Her job is to keep Peta alive. Um, it's just like, okay, you're not murdering me. You promise you're not going to murder me. I need to move on from this. Yeah. And they're kind of trying to, like, turn left, but the force field keeps pushing them in a in a right direction. They haven't been able to turn left. And so, or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Would you sorry. say they're going clockwise i don't know i'm not putting the clock in my i can't think that it's way. the right then yes um, she climbs into a tree because okay, they have take that one more time what mm, she climbs into a tree <laughs> i did not say it that you way did? she climbs into a tree because <laughs> she climbs into a tree because they haven't been able to turn and she looks up or looks up she looks down and realizes that the arena is just a big ass circle and it's like really symmetrical she doesn't see any water, and that becomes their next issue. Are you really that mad about the dog making noise? Oh, okay. no. I'm just I glad was she's... Okay, I'm just glad she's not making a squeak toy. Oh, you're doing this second episode in a row. You're just getting on Justin. <laughs> Maybe for the fifth episode in a row, I'll say I want some fucking Alfredo tonight. Oh, yeah? Getting Korean, though, so breaking the pattern. Mm. Where am I? She hunts alone for a bit um, because Pete is a bumbling idiot, and the sound of a of a cannon breaks her concentration, which starts the death toll from the blood blood blast blood blast blood blast. That was whole. I think you needed one more time. That it starts the death toll from the blood bath, which is eight cannons. And in this minute, she sees this weird fucking rat looking thing, but its muzzle is wet. Um, she kills it, but can't find the source of the wa- water. Arriving back at camp, she finds Mag and Finnick have created... Mags and Finnick have created all this wonderful, like, weaved shit. Like, they have a mat for the floor. They have some walls, a, a, a ceiling. It's just, like, really fucking kind of lit. So when they get back... When she gets back, she ends up cooking that rodent meat on the force field, too. And then it's night, and they watch the people who died. Their faces appear in the sky... It was the man from District 5, the Morphling from District 6, Cecilia, who had three kids, and Wolf, both from 8. There's a Morphling? What do you mean? What? Morphling? Yeah, like, th- that's what she calls the two people who are addicted to Morphling. Oh. Like I said, she's very insensitive. <laughs> both from District 9, the woman from 10, Cedar, and Cedar from 11. And she reflects how hard this must be on everyone besides her and Peta, and it is still hard on her and Peta. Yeah. Then a silver parachute comes down, and it has a strange metal object in it. It's a tube tapered at one end, and at the other end, there's a lip pointing downwards. She ha- she like has this familiarness of it, but they none of them have any fucking clue what it is. It's nighttime, or it is continuing to be nighttime, but it's still, like, really, really fucking hot. And she starts to think about the people back home and how she wishes it was cold. And this is when she realizes that the bit of metal is a spile. Mm. For, like, syrup. Yeah. But, obviously, not for syrup. 
her father used to have a bunch, but she never found them again in the woods after he died. Yeah. They all realize, like, obviously, like I said, not for syrup. Um, something else must come to the trees, and it must be water. So they use the owl, all. All. So this is where the all comes through, is they dig a hole, drill a hole into it, and put the spile in, and eventually a thin stream of water comes out, which is awesome. Mags has a basket tightly, so tightly woven it holds water. They all just like chug and they fall asleep. In the middle of damn, she could weave. Damn, that bitch be weaving. Oh, damn. Uh, in the middle of the night, they hear the tolling of a bell, twelve bongs, or twenty, and they see a dazzling bolt of electricity in the distance, but nothing else. Um, Katniss takes first watch. And it takes like an hour for this lightning to stop. And then there's the sound of a cannon. Somebody died. The rain, like the rain stops. The fog starts to roll out. And then fog starts to roll out. And she's like, oh, it's just fog from the rain and the lightning. It's so hot. But then like something feels wrong. And so she starts to wake everybody up just as the fog hits her and she begins to blister. So chapter 21, which is the last chapter, we'll, chapter, we'll, tapter, tapter. For last chapter. Tapter. We'll do tonight, today. Everywhere the droplets hit her skin, it feels like tiny stabs. Cool. She's screaming and running, the group obviously waking right the fuck up. Peta and Mag's running a little more slowly than the rest of them, obviously, with Peta giving his heart just stopping and Mag's being old as shit. Yeah. Hazy. Bad. It's hard to record with a little dog. It's hard to record with a bad dog in a house. She then has the quick impulse to just leave Peta as a survival mechanism, but she's like, oh, uh, no, don't do that, and she holds his hand more tightly, telling Peta to watch her feet and step where she steps. I will point out in this moment, remember, Peta does not have two human legs. Remember? Mm-hmm. I think this is the only other part that it becomes important. You said that like he has like a dog leg on one side he does yeah that's what it is how he's in the water with this leg it must be pretty i wish you went into more detail with the leg yeah can you watch your dog that that dog not your dog not your cat the mist continues to lap at their feet burning and it's not like a burning like fire but it's more like a chemical burn Mm -hmm. and their jumpsuits are basically like nothing to stop this Finnick is moving a little bit faster than the two of them, but stops when he notices Peta's not keeping up. And eventually, Peta's leg gets Peta's bad leg gets tangled, and he falls, and he's not getting up quickly. So she tries to help him, but her arm starts spasming. The fog must also be affecting their nerves, hmm. which wasn't portrayed in the movie. Peta's leg isn't working right. And Finnick has to come back for him. He grabs Peta, pulling him along, but Finnick needs to carry him. And Katniss says she will attempt to carry Mags. They keep going. And this is, you know, a dramatic part in mm-hmm. the book and the movie. Finnick moving dra- diagonally downhill towards the water. And she's like, wow, oh God, we didn't kill Finnick. He's got good ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, things start going downhill because Katniss starts falling. She starts twice. She falls twice. Literally downhill. Literally downhill. You're right, babe. And um, two times she manages to get back up, but the third time her legs are not working properly. And Finnick comes back around and he's like kind of teary eyed. Um, he can't take them both. 
his arms aren't working. Mm -hmm. And then the next moment happens so quickly, she doesn't even, like, have time to recognize that it's happening. And Mag gets up, gives Finnick a sloppy wet kiss on the mouth. Okay. And then falls directly into the fog. Cool. So in the movie, they, like... Like, oh, she falls in and then it's gone. She's gone. We didn't even see her. No, in the book, she starts to seize and falls to the ground in a horrible dance before she dies. So that's cool. Getting jiggy with it. She really is. They start to move again, losing sense of time and space and basically just running. And then finally, they're at the beach and they fall. They just collapse like it can't. They can't Mm -hmm. go any further. And they're like, we're all going to die. But then the fog stops right before them as if being held up by a window. And as it's, as it has stopped, <laughs> the dog bit me. They're all just lying there twitching and gasping for air. But then PETA sees what they assume are monkeys. Again, none of them are familiar with it. But yeah. they're like, we think those are monkeys. There are these big... And they're not portrayed this way in the movie again. Big orange furred, half they're about half the size of a fully grown human. Okay. That's big. Yeah. That's really big. That's pretty big. Especially for a monkey. Yeah, for a monkey, not a ape. Because they're different. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, this is a good sign, because obviously they wouldn't be here if they were fucking poison, if mm-hmm. the air was poison. And they start crawling into the ocean, and the water burns as if they are touching open flames, but it feels better afterwards. And mm-hmm. she's like, this this puts a new twist on rubbing salt in the wounds. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Funny, but shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then they feel some relief as the fog, like, literally, <laughs> she's just going to make noise, Justin. I know. Audio gold. <laughs> um... What was I saying? Uh, the, like, fog comes out of it. Under the water, it's like a milky white substance. But when they pour water on Finnick, because he's, like, literally not well enough to move, mm-hmm. it just comes back out as fog. Mm. So her feet aren't working, but and her arms are kind... Or her feet are working, but her arms aren't really working. So she just ends up scooping water onto his wounds. And um, eventually both her and Pete are feeling well enough that they can get Finnick to, like Finnick got the brunt of it yeah and they cut away his jumpsuit and find two shells and they just start scooping water on him and then they slowly submerge him into the water and then detoxify him yeah you can't just drag that boy in well both their arms weren't working oh so like they kind of had to do the shells and as as slow and go from there both her and Peter are starting to feel a lot better and just as Finnick is starting to come around they have to submerge his head which is the worst part um then katniss taps a tree thinking about how mag sacrificed herself to save Peta, and that's again very weird mm-hmm. but you know it is what it is she was also a billion she knew she was gonna die she knew, yeah she went in there knowing which is sad but it's true mm-hmm. um yeah so they're relaxing a little bit um you know getting water katniss is in the water with finnick who's like transforming from the water he's swimming around and playing in the water even playing with katniss which is kind of a sweet moment (laughs) they start to get back on the beach when katniss feels a shift like something is wrong and she's like oh maybe my reconstructed ear does work a little bit better and Peter's like you know kind of deeper ish in the woods but she feels like warm bodies above her and she's like i have no idea how long they've been there 
And she arms herself silently and like use like his like finick, like and then she's like, Hey Peta, hey, can you like calmly and quietly come over here? You know, using your quiet voice. Um, because he's a bit bit less aware of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the monkeys hold their it's monkeys, and they hold their position as he walks toward them. But Peta senses them, looks up, and then they converge into a frenzy. And there's this big long fight scene that I didn't detail. But basically... They fight monkeys. Yeah, Peta has his knife sword, Katniss with her arrows. And Katniss has like three or four um, arrow bushels. So she's not like as fucking useless as like I usually think people with bow and arrows are. So um, Peta loses his weapon. And just as a monkey goes for his throat, somebody materializes. And it's the Morphling from District 6 who throws herself in front of the monkey and she basically hugs it and it sinks its teeth into her gut. Oof. So that's where we're going to end it. Right on the fun part. How'd you feel? Monkey time, baby. It's monkey monkey business. Monkey business. They're business, business monkeys. That bite guts. Yeah. Well, they're hungry. They're hungry. What else is it? They had busy business meetings and could not stop for lunch. I want lunch. And by lunch, I mean dinner. Um, thank you folks so much for listening. Uh, follow us on TikTok. You do the next part. Oh, um, YouTube. No, TikTok at. At, um, reading TikTok. You shut up, I hate you. At Reading Held Hostage. Uh, YouTube as well. Subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. Ring that freaking bell. Ring that friggin' bell. Send us an email. Let us know what you want us to read. Um, leave us a review on the Spotify. We would really, really appreciate it. It's just right under the follow button. It's super simple. You just leave us a zero or five star review. Um, we just hit 500 listens, right? Yeah, we hit 500 listens and we got an additional review. So thank you for the person who was our 16th reviewer. Mm-hmm. Much, much appreciated. Um, and... Ow, go to your library and read books now that Netflix sucks. And you can get movies and videos there, I guess. Yeah. Movies and programs, uh, shows. Anything else? Um, corporate America wants you under their boot heel. And we'll give you that to boot. Oh. That was good. Oh, that was that was the most And my name's Blue and I love to read. And my name's Justin. And my wife is so funny. My name's Justin to boot. <laughs> the dog needs to be taken out. It does seem like the dog needs to be taken and out. And I vote that you take the dog out. I vote that you take the dog out because I kept the dog quiet during your meeting. I vote you take the dog out because I wrote 18,000 words. You do that for your own enjoyment. No.